Hi everybody, welcome to the newest episode of uh, Mouth Box. Today I have a very special guest, uh, my pal from uh, Jiu-Jitsu days. Uh, we, I've trained with, I actually met him a couple of years back when we first started training actually at, at a gym called SOS. Uh, so he needs no further ado, my friend, Jeff Pong. Jeff, how are you doing? Hey, Ron, good evening. I'm well. It's all I, good. I see you're rocking the MBS thing behind you. Yeah, well, you know, my room's a little bit messy, so I figured this is probably a better view for your viewers. I thought showing some crazy rich Asian. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Not quite. Very, very humble about So how, how, how has uh, COVID been treating you? Have you been busy? Uh, actually, it's been good. Um, you know, I think my, my biggest worry was, uh, I guess, compared to a lot of people, you know, being able to uh, retain um, uh, employment, right? Uh, have a place to stay, um, able to get food. I think family safe, can't really complain very much, right? So I think all things considered, life's good. Uh, how's, your, how's your family doing back in KL? Are they all good or? Yeah, um, I think my biggest concern is uh, my parents are being stuck in a house together. Um, that's probably my biggest worry. <laughs> Even in a house with two floors, two stories, they are probably on space to avoid each other and um, getting into uh, verbal exchanges that we have to intervene. Yeah, I know what you mean. Even, <laughs> even now, sometimes uh, during the circuit breaker period, uh, whenever I hear my parents speaking, the once I hear the, the level of tone rising, I'll quickly come out of room and jump as a peacemaker. Already. <laughs> yes. So yes, we, we get a lot of uh, uh, help save message from my brother back home to intervene. Oh, you have another brother in Singapore also, right? Yes, I have two younger brothers. One in Singapore and one in KL. Okay, okay. Uh, so, so as before we, we started the podcast, we were chatting. You say this is your first time on a podcast, you're saying? Yes. Uh, interesting story you wanted to share with me? Well, I mean, I guess the story is, I mean, when podcast first became the thing, um, this is going back, I don't know, I would say 15 years. Um, I, I really thought about starting my own podcast and uh, life of uh, a consultant in an international firm. Um, I even bought a mic, I, I bought a recorder, I looked into how people are running podcasts, and then I just never got to it. I, I think I still have the mic somewhere um, stored away and uh, never got to it. Um, but you know, for the funny thing was during the circuit breaker, I, I started picking up uh, listening to podcasts again. Right? So I've gone off it for, for a few years. And uh, started listening to a few podcasts, uh, yours included. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, you, you should start a podcast, man. Ever since <laughs> I went on Luke's podcast, I think, I think quite a few of us starting a podcast. The, actually, the barrier to entry is quite low. Just that it's very hard to, to make it entertaining and uh, to, yeah. to get a following. So yeah. it's yeah. a person process. Yeah. But yeah, man, you should start one. You, I, I always call you <laughs> Mr. International because you fly so much. You should, you should start a podcast. Um, I think, uh, you know, considering all the things I have going on in my life, I think uh, I'm quite happy to share my travels with uh, my friends through my social media accounts. I think that's more than enough for me. Um, I think they get enough of a glimpse of my life from there. Right, right. Yeah, I, I always wanted to talk to you more about travels. Every time I see you in gym, gym uh, you're always uh, pretty busy. You're yeah. rushing off for a work call after that. So I wanted to ask you more about Travis. Uh, you, you seem to enjoy going to South America a lot. Uh. I remember there's a period you've been there quite often. How is it like actually? It seems so far away. It, it is um, definitely a very different part of the world. Wait, if I may just plug in. Uh, 
hope I'm allowed to do this. I cannot, I cannot, uh, oh. the, the, the screen is blocking it. No, maybe not. Well, anyway, it's my hashtag. Oh, oh, oh yeah, sorry. Hashtag, hashtag GP travels. Yeah. <laughs> you got, you got a sign made up. <laughs> you prepare for this. <laughs> I, I did not make the sign just for your podcast. Um, oh, that's, that's what you say. <laughs> actually, it was a gift um, from two of my best friends when they came to visit me for my housewarming. Um, so they knew me well enough um, and they made a sign for me, which I have in my room um, as reminiscence of the days when we could travel freely. Uh, but going back to your question around South America, um, you know, I first visited that because of my previous role in my company. Um, my client had uh, operations in South America, so I had to visit my, my colleagues, my team there, um, to understand you know, what they were doing and to talk to the clients there to understand what the challenges were to try to help them. Um, but I was fortunate enough, um, last year I managed to also make it there for a personal holiday trip. Uh, it was uh, one of the longer trips I've taken off work for three to four weeks. Um, managed to tick off a few things off my lifelong bucket list of places to go and see, um, like Machu Picchu, um, the uh, Galapagos Islands. Um, so a couple of these places that I always wanted to go and see. Um, by no means is it the end of South America. There's a lot of other places that I just would love to go and see, which I didn't really scratch the surface. And I know my, my professors in the gym will probably scold me for not making the effort to drop by in, uh, in Brazil, in Rio. Um, but I guess I'll have to save that for another time when the world's a little bit safer for travel. Yeah, it's uh, quite a uh, challenging time now. I think everybody miss, miss a travel. Huh? Uh, you're talking about Machu Picchu in, in uh, Peru. That's pretty far out, right? The, to get there, how do you have to hike up? Is, was it a two-day hike for you, or <laughs> yeah, you have the uh, really gung ho sort of hiking all the way there option, or you uh, take the train, <laughs> get off at uh, this little town called Aguas Caliente, which is which literally means hot water, and uh, you get a bus that takes you up to the base of it, and then you can walk into the site itself. Um, so I did the easy route, basically. <laughs> I didn't hike for two days, um, but there were people who did. I mean, when we were there, we saw people literally carrying backpacks and walking up there, or they had uh, Sherpas who carried their things for them. We, we didn't grip very big. I think that's a, a bit too much to bite off. Uh, that's a, <laughs> too big a kick to eat to hike in Machu Picchu. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know people who, who do do it. Um, I'm sure it's quite rewarding. But, you know, because of the number of days we had there, um, we really want to maximize it. And also, once you go into the site, it's huge. It's, it's literally the entire valley and mountain, right? And uh, we went in and out of the site three times. Okay, so we bought the pass for three entries and uh, each time we went in, we saw a different part of it and by no means is that all, right? There, there were more parts of the site that I, I didn't get to see. Yeah, this is uh, very interesting. Uh, such a big place. Similar for Angkor Wat. I heard Angkor Wat is like a huge ass place that you, you can't really finish going to. Uh, yeah. A lot of sites. Have you been to Angkor Wat before? Uh, yes, I've been fortunate enough to go back three times. Um, I, I did go back to visit some of the same places, uh, which I, I enjoyed going to. Uh, so I didn't mind going back to visit the same ones. Um, but there were places I've been to, uh, sites I've been to only once. So I kept going out further and further away because it's, it's sprawling. Um, I think the last time I went there, I finished the day trip. I started 
before the crack of dawn and then I finished uh, at sunset basically. When I finished, it was actually um, a boat ride through the water village that ended up in Inle Lake. And the lake is, is literally like an ocean because you couldn't see the other side of it. The time I went there, I think, was something like seven years apart. And even then, um, the changes over seven years uh, was tremendous. So the first time I went there, it was really quiet, small, quiet town. But the third time I was there, it, it was, you know, very typical sort of overrun by tourists everywhere. Everything was overly developed. So it's a bit of shame. Right. Sorry, we lost you a bit just now. So, but, but it's okay, yeah, yeah. So you're talking, um, before we got cut off, you're talking about how huge the, 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 the lake actually is. But yeah, I guess that will be one of those places, many places that will be hopefully be flooding with tourists again uh, once mm. this pandemic's over. I guess people all still miss travel and places like Uncle Wat really survive through tourism. Exactly. Yeah, it's a hard time for everybody, but we will pass. Uh, yeah, that's why you get the nickname Mr. Intentional, man. Have you, have you been to Chile also? Yes, actually, that's where um, my, my client's uh, operation is. Um, they run a mine there. Um, and uh, I have quite a lot of colleagues who are there, and uh, they are fantastic hosts. Um, they are really gracious uh, when we show up. Like we, we have all day meetings from the morning to the afternoon. They line up meetings with different people in our office as well as with clients. But once we're done with work, they, they start arranging for the food, the drinks. Um, some of my favorite things there are like uh, the drinks like Pisco Sour, um, which is amazing. Um, I know it's always this perennial question between the Chileans and Peruvians, which one's better? Because there are two types of Pisco Sour, um, one from Chile and one from Peru. Um, and if you like barbecued meats, um, their barbecued meats are to die for. So I, I really do miss my friends, my colleagues in Chile and uh, the weather and the view. Um, even when the planes start to land in Santiago, you, you look at the Andes Mountains, like just this huge falling range. Um, some of their, most of the times they are snow-capped. Um, so you look at this uh, amazing landscape from the air. Um, and I, I took a number of photos from the air before we, we landed and we tend to land before sunrise. Um, so it's, it's quite an amazing view. Yeah, that must be a pretty long flight. Where, where do you transit at? Do you transit in the States or? This, I've done both routes. I've transited from, from the States, from Houston before, or from LA. So I've done both of those. Um, but I've also flown, uh, I guess the most direct route from Singapore is uh, via Melbourne. So you can go Singapore to Melbourne and Melbourne direct to Santiago. That's probably the fastest route I can think of. Ah, okay, Melbourne. So, so they fly the other side. Yeah, yeah, through the south. Yeah, the, the map is such an interesting thing. You, you see, yeah. you, you see that Australia is all the way down, but to fly from Australia to America is actually very it's nearer compared to from yes. Singapore. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, what what other South American country have you been to? Uh, Argentina or? Uh, no, I so I, I really want to go to Argentina. Um, to see Iguazu Falls, which is at the uh, border between uh, Chile, and Chile and Argentina. I didn't get to do that. Uh, but I did go to Ecuador. Um, and that's mainly because of the Galapagos Islands. Um, so the Galapagos, well, I guess, is a 
archipelago of islands belongs to the country of Ecuador. And uh, to get through that national marine park, you have to go via Ecuador. Um, and it was it was really fun. Do, do you uh, dive also? I I do. I, I scuba dive. Yeah, I've been scuba diving for 22 years. Oh, so do you dive over there, uh, the islands? I did. That was the whole point. So out of my uh, three, four weeks away, uh, one week was actually diving in the Galapagos uh, on a diving boat, on a liverboard. Wow, interesting. Remember the last time I dived was where I did my qualification. So <laughs> <laughs> I think you may need to go back to uh, re- do a refresher for a week. Yeah, I think I might even have to redo it again. I think when I did my qualification, that was 2000, 2001 actually. So that's long ass time ago. Uh-huh. Yeah. My license is so old that it doesn't even have a picture on it. <laughs> that's really old. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, yeah, diving, diving is so far. I always wanted to do it, but uh, I think then I was like a poorer student. I'm still poor now, but uh, something I want to do. Where's, where's your favorite dive site? Where do you have, where have you been before? Um, so I guess when I first started, you know, it was in Perhentian Islands. Um, it's still one of my favorite spots. Um, but I guess I used to go there two or three times a year. Um, there's a lot of friends there. Um, in fact, we, we were close friends to one of the resort um, and dive operators there. Uh, but she sold off the business. Uh, she's actually German. Uh, she moved there and then she fell in love with the place, set up a business, became a dive master, instructor, uh, spoke not just Malay, but the local Kulantanese dialect, which puts me to shame because even I don't, I don't understand or speak it. Um, but she and her husband moved to Perth. Um, so that's still one of my favorite spots. Uh, but I haven't been back for, for a little while. Um, I've dived in, in Bali and Thailand a lot, obviously, um, because of proximity to where we are. Um, I've only dived in Australia once, um, just you know, a little bit too scared of what's out there around the waters of Australia. Um, and then, of course, uh, the, the more interesting places... Uh, oh, sorry. Let me, let me close up Malaysia first. I've um, been to Sipadan uh, in Mabu. Um, really, really nice. I really love it. Um, been there twice. A um, couple of different spots in the Philippines as well. Um, and further out in Indonesia. So as you go further east towards uh, the Papua New Guinea locations, um, Sulawesi, um, all the other further out islands around Palawan and in the Philippines as well. Um, I think, you know, if, if COVID didn't strike, I think in about three weeks time, I would have been in the Red Sea in, in Egypt. Uh, but sadly, that's been postponed. Wow, okay. Uh, maybe you can go to uh, Sentosa. I heard the aquarium, you can dive there too. <laughs> <laughs> just get a quick fix without leaving that. That's true. Just to put on my gear so I remember how to put it on again. Well, um, have you been to Tioman? You you have, right? Uh, actually, no, I have not. I've not been to Tioman. Not for diving anyway. Uh, surprisingly, surprisingly, I heard that Tioman is not very safe, you know. Oh, really? There, there is no, there is no, my, my, this is what my friend tells me, they are the, the assistant dive masters. Uh, there's no hyperbaric chamber anywhere close to there. I think even Perhentian doesn't have a hyper, hyperbaric chamber on the islands. I think the nearest is on the mainland. Mainland. But for, for Tioman, the, they always say the safest thing to do, I think Dan also won't go in to get you if your anything happens there. Oh, really? So okay. they always say the safest thing to do is get to international water and, and uh, try to radio in the, the Singapore military to get you out. Right. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, because if, if anything happens in new, the fastest, safest one is to bring it back to Singapore for treatment. Yeah. And uh, Tioman is Merseng, I believe. Yes, correct. Not very near away. No. Uh, I think my boat is at over an hour at least. Yeah, yeah. So that sounds interesting. Yeah, my, my brother in law is also a very avid diver. A big shout out to Fonz. Uh, he's in the UK right now, so I don't think he can dive. Uh, he 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 likes to do he likes to do lift a ball also. I think he did yes. one for I think white is it called white manta or yes uh, white manta yeah. So it, I've been on the black manta um to um the Pacific Islands. Um, hmm. It's quite amazing. Um, I, think, I think he did similan. Is it similans? Yes, I, I love the similans. Um, really really amazing. Um, so you you know it's from Singapore you fly to Phuket and then usually uh. A boat picks you up from there and then takes you up for the north to Simulans. Um, it's really cool because um, once you're out there, you know the water's unspoiled. Um, I think fishing is reasonably controlled, so you know the reefs are reasonably well protected. Mm, yeah, there's Simulans like a. He told me it's like a whole week of diving every day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I'm there, it's it's a week because otherwise it's not worth it because. I mean, you got to fly up there um, and you generally can't leave on the day you arrive there. Um, you wait the next day, then it takes about five to six hours from Phuket to get up to the site. Um, and the last time I did it, I actually, the boat I went on went south of Phuket first before it went north to Simulans. So it was, it was quite a long way to go south and then go up north again, but it was, it was well worth it because we covered a lot of different sites and locations. Mm. Yeah, you're not supposed to fly back uh, 24 hours yeah. after your last dive. So right. that, at least I still remember that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's important. <laughs> oh gosh, I don't even remember the dive table anymore. I heard that you just use the dive computer in your hand. Uh, yes, even I, I, I just use the dive computer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I also want to uh, touch on something else. Uh, we actually met uh, back in SOS uh, in uh, Jiu-Jitsu. So uh, you got your black belt this year, is it correct? This year, uh, congratulations! One of oh, really the one of the biggest milestone. I think some people might uh might see getting their black belt as one of the greatest achievement in their life. Uh. How how was the journey like for you from uh, white to black? How how actually do you start it? Uh, maybe let's go back. How do you start in martial art? Was BJJ your first martial art or my first and only martial art? Um, it was something that I guess I always felt I missed out on in my childhood. Um, not that I didn't do anything during my childhood in school. I, I probably did too many things and just couldn't fit in more. Um, so I always felt like I missed out on doing martial arts. Um, so how I first heard about this strange martial art called Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was, uh, you know, I was assigned to work in Perth uh, about 12 years ago. And uh, during that time, uh, one of the guys who worked for me, um, told me about this strange martial arts that he, he practices and all that, right? Um, and he explained it to me. I'm like, okay, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I, I didn't look it up on YouTube. Um, and then I guess when I finished that, that project in uh, Perth, uh, I went back to Malaysia to KL and uh, I went to look up the gym that he told me about. And uh, fortunately, it was quite close to where I lived at the time in Bangsar. Um, and they, they offered not just only Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but they also put um, CrossFit and kettlebell and a few other things as well. So I signed up. Right? Um, 
And uh, I was telling someone recently, I said, you know, I, I, I wrote down lesson number one, my experience from lesson number one, how I felt and lost and confused, um, being really uncoordinated, and then lesson number two, and so on and so on. Um, so, so it was quite, quite trialing because I'm generally not very coordinated, so it was quite challenging. Um, and, you know, the, the group of friends I started training with uh, at that time in KL, uh, we're still quite close. I will still stay in touch today. Um, I want to give a shout out to my friend June in KL. Uh, he and I probably started and went through every level, every belt together, a few months apart, basically. Um, and he also got his black belt this year as well in KL. So a big shout out to him. Very nice. Very nice. Um, and, and, you know, he's got a fighting spirit that uh, I see in a lot of people who train in Jiu Jitsu, which is you know, as the Brazilians say, now para, never give up. Um, and why I say that about my friend June is, you know, is not only a full-time lawyer, um, law partner, law firm partner, uh, father of two young children, um, but you know, he's he's also a cancer survivor. So he's been through uh, two cancer diagnosis and treatments, um, and he's still trained like a beast. Um, so, so I think my my journey, I guess, to kind of show you going through every level is that. Every, every level is, um, you know, I don't see it as a different phase in life. I think it's just you show up for training, you learn, and uh, things just happen. Um, sometimes it doesn't feel like you're moving, but actually you are progressing without realizing it. Um, and uh, to be honest, pretty much every time I got promoted and you were there, you won my promotions at the school of submission, I never expect them. Um, because I guess when I first started my to my friends and some of my instructors, they said, just, just train, learn, enjoy, enjoy the process, and uh, you will figure it out along the way. Um, so you're right, it was a, quite a milestone. Um, I, I will be unashamed to say that I was uh, tearful when I, when I received the black the belt, and uh, <laughs> Professor Papa, Professor Vinicius warned me not to uh, uh, shed any tears because he was, not able to hold it back if I did, um, as he gave me the belt. So I think it was uh, a momentous occasion, I guess. Mm. Uh, the SOS one, well, I think it was your, you got your purple belt, right? Yeah, my purple belt. Your belt from Osado, yeah. That was uh, pretty long. Yeah, I remember, remember you and uh, Kel yeah. and, um, and Dr. Go yeah. are all the, the, the OGs of, uh, <laughs> the, for lack of a better term, old timers. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally old timers. I mean, that same day, if you remember, when Cal got his purple as well, um, and Dr. Go got his blue. And uh, I think Dr. Go was also quite emotional because uh, he didn't expect it either. Um, you know, like, like I said, I mean, we, we just show up and train and things happen, right? We, we don't expect that. Um, I guess the difference was, I think Professor Oswaldo told them, both Cal and Dr. Go, that they were going to be graded or tested that day. Um, he didn't tell me, right? Um, so when he called my name and I kind of freaked out a little bit. And if you remember, we had to pick someone to demonstrate, I think uh, three submissions, three takedowns, and uh, three escapes. And I picked you. <laughs> so I picked you on what's the safest part that I could pick, you know. Uh, so thank you for helping me through that, especially with the takedowns. Um, so yeah, thank you for being part of my journey. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, yeah that, was a, that was a fun time. I, I remember after that, also, Cal also gave a pretty long speech telling us how yeah. he, he went through a very long injury and stopped for many, many years and come back again. 
indeed, indeed, he's the champ. And he got his black belt as well this year. Yeah, he got his black belt this year. Uh, what a what an exciting year 2020 has been. <laughs> a bit crazy, <laughs> but <laughs> a bit crazy, but. <laughs> Yes. But uh, I'm, I'm quite interested in your journey actually because uh, for our listeners and viewers, again, BJJ is not something, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is not something like, now it's readily available, but I believe that when you first started, it wasn't something that was like, you just search up on Google and there's gyms everywhere. It's something that's actually quite niche. And yeah. even to find a gym was really a pretty, pretty uh, difficult affair already. Yes, definitely. Um, I think when I started... 10 years ago in, in KL, I think there were maybe three or four gyms. Um, and I think after a year or two, and only two remaining, uh, they, you know, as you know, the gym scenes keep changing, right? Um, so they come and go and come and go. Um, obviously now both KL and Singapore, Bangkok have a lot more options. Um, and I think if I look back in my first few years, I was a lot more gung-ho um, about, you know, training as much as I could whenever I could, wherever I could, um, which meant during all my travels, right? So going back to your first question to me about my international presence around the world and for work and pleasure, um, I used to travel with my gi when I could. When I couldn't, um, I would try to research and find gyms in different cities in the world, um, you know, try to figure out whether their reviews, you know, from people who drop in were positive or not, and then I would write to them and find out more about them. You know, so I've been to visit gyms in Hong Kong, Taipei, Shanghai, uh, Bangkok, Bali. Um, just so that I could keep training and, and get the exposure uh, at the point in time. I'm probably a little bit less come home now, I think. <laughs> I think you brought a very, very good point. Uh, actually, two points in, in one statement. Uh, one. Uh, it really shows that uh, hard work and consistency pays off. Uh, a lot of times we, we start, I think the biggest trouble is a lot of people start things that they don't, either they don't start or they start and they don't finish it. Like even for me now, I'm, I'm stuck in a certain stasis mode, which I'm trying to push myself to go back training. But again, time is a, it's a luxury that sometimes we need to find. And then uh, number two, you were saying there used to be a lot more gung-ho and now you've taken a slightly more uh, different approach I, I'm starting to see it uh, really is over time is about consistency and, and endurance. It's, you always start like you're running a, a dash, but you end up uh, recognizing that it's actually a long marathon. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I will reveal my, reveal my age. I mean, I, t I will turn 48 this year um, and I intend to try to train until I'm in my 70s. So, you know, I think training safe, training smart is important for, for me. And uh, for a number of people in our gym that train together, right? Um, uh, a bunch of us call ourselves the old man crew because we're in our mid to late 40s, if not even 50s, I think some of us. And we, we would like to keep training, right? Um, COVID uh, allows us to. And I think if we, we don't bear it in mind and recognize our own limits um, and, you know, we, we won't be able to keep doing that. And I think for most of us who've been doing it for X number of years um, in the gym, you know, people like Dr. Go, um, Terrence, Masa, we, we really love the sport and we like to keep going. But, you know, we could be realistic. We each have our own jobs, uh, family responsibilities, 
And we got to train sane and safe as well. Um, doesn't mean we don't go hard and go for harder. Um, I, I think, you know, if you look back at the times when you see it in the gym, you still see that um, pre-COVID. But I think the point is we've, we've got to figure out where we are in our lives and what else is going on and, you know, adjust that to fit our lifestyles. Yeah. Yeah, the gym... Uh... Uh, big shout out to Newfield. Newfield got uh, quite a few monsters like uh, Nathaniel <laughs> and uh, Benjamin. Yes. Ming also. Ming is the most unassuming monster you ever see. Uh, you see this guy? Force. Sorry? The unstoppable force? Yeah, I always call <laughs> you are the immovable object unstoppable force. Ming is this unassuming, like very, uh, not very big, like uh, a bit skinny guy. Like you look at him very soft-spoken, but once he starts to roll, he's like, <laughs> nothing's stopping him. He and, reminds uh, me of Bruce Lee. Uh, yeah, Bruce Lee. Very, very, very strong. Uh, there's John also. I always call him the dirtiest player in the game. Yes. <laughs> I look away. Yeah, but John will always say, I'm the one that they taught him how to be dirty. So you, uh, I always say that I, I show him the door and he built the whole highway. <laughs> yeah. And Dr. Go, so Dr. Go has been consistently role, uh, training ever uh, yeah, before COVID. He tries to put in one or two hours. It's another one. I, th- really, the hard, I think really the hardest part is trying to fit it in your schedule. Uh, that's the hardest part. Uh. That's right. And I just think that um, between everything that's going on, right? I mean, there, there were days um, where I know, you know, the only time I have is lunchtime. Um, and, you know, before this, especially last year, I think I would try to, you know, find a block of time midday because I, if I know I've got late night calls, for example, I can't make it in the evening, then sacrificing lunchtime to rush there and, you know, get changed, get ready in time and train and roll and shower and change and go back to work. Um, that's, that's, you know, all we can do, right? Um, and, and I'm quite grateful that, you know, in the gym, um, we have very supportive um, professors and coaches that encourage us and motivate us to keep going, right? Um, and recognizing our Respective lifestyles have different challenges, uh, but still helping to push us along. Will you ever coach? Have you considered coaching? I think when you show up in a gym and you've learned something, naturally you're already coaching someone. Um, you know, I mean, I, I guess I adopted the mentality that you don't need necessarily to, to get to a certain level to help others. Because I think the art of Jiu-Jitsu for you look back at the history of it, um, you know, with uh, Maeda-san, it's really about gaining experience and then sharing it. And I think, you know, I've, I've seen some really talented blue belts who are also really brilliant coaches. Um, so if we give an example, I mean, my, my buddy in KL, June, um, you know, he had been practicing, uh, showing techniques, um, explaining things to us, even when he was a blue or purple belt. Right. And for him, it was really about the confidence to impart what he had realized and learned. And I think each of us are able to do that. Um, so even to today, like if I'm on the mat, um, if someone asks me a question, and I'll, I'll show them what I've learned, for example. Um, but one thing I, I would say is that, you know, obviously if, if uh, there's a professor in the class, I would make sure that they're okay with me showing it first out of respect. Um, because maybe they will want to show something different or add something to that. Um, but I think they've been really encouraging for us to help each other. I think that's, that's a key in our gym. Hmm. 
Yeah, Professor uh, Bruno and Papa has always been very uh, encouraging. Uh. A very different different approach. Uh. Actually, what I do do really miss is uh, all the, the, the old, the whole group of professors from the past, like uh, Professor Jake, Italo, Guy, yeah, Matthias, Marcelo, and all of them. Uh. That, yeah. was, that was pretty fun times then. Absolutely. I mean, I, I miss all of them in, the, in all their different ways. Um, and it took away a lot of things from each one of them, right? Um, for example, from, from Professor Jake, um, his crazy half guard, deep half guard, which to today I, I still remember and I forget, re- relearn it and then pick up something new from that. Um, you know, Professor Mateos, who, thanks to heaven, um, forced me not to um, play one type of guard only and you know, forbid me to play close guard for a month. <laughs> I had no choice but to uh, learn something completely different and uh, be really confident in it after that. Uh, Professor Guy, um, the way that you know, he taught us how to um, control uh, back take. So each of them, you know, I've taken away parts of things that they've taught about, which I've learned and incorporated into my game. Right? Um, and it's, it's quite amazing. And I think that's what the art is about. Um, funnily enough, for some reason, I think, you know, um, we talk about uh, Big Brothers watching. Um, this week on YouTube, on my phone, you know, the, it came up on my suggested playlist, the history of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, um, which I watched, uh, which is actually quite entertaining um, as a YouTube. So if you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend it. Mm, okay. It's very interesting. Uh, yeah, the history is, is uh, it's very interesting because technically we 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 are from the other lineage or at least our gym affiliation now is from the other lineage we are not we are not a Gracie lineage yeah yeah GF team but yeah so now that you have got your black belt I know that you continue training but is there anything else that you you always wanted to do but have not found found time to do gosh other than travel <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I mean I, I, I'm not sure about new skills, right? Um, I guess, you know, where, where I picked up this um, desire, this yearning to keep learning, right, um, is something when I first started work. Um, after my first year um, in my job, I was quite miserable because I, I realized I finished one year in, in the company, but I haven't really learned anything for myself personally. Um, so what I tried to do from that year onwards was to uh, find something new to learn, um, to experience. And that's why I ended up um, scuba diving, um, skating, uh, rock climbing, um, you know, amateur photographer, um, and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, kettlebells. Those things were, were things that I did because I wanted to keep learning and doing something new. Um, so when I lived in Perth, you know, I had a motorcycle. Um, it's a bit of, probably not many people knew about that. Um, and I learned to surf. Uh, so I, I'm not sure if I will have time to go pick up more things, <laughs> more skills. Um, but definitely, you know, wouldn't mind going back to do or learn things that I've done before. Right? Um, you know, as you notice, outside of our new fit gym is the climbing mall, uh, Climb Central. And I've always wanted to go back to rock climbing. Um, and you know, you've smiled with me before in the past and you've felt the strength of my grips. Uh, I think a lot of that was from climbing in my earlier days. 
Oh, I, I only could feel the, the power of the close guard. <laughs> 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 Immovable object. <laughs> and the one where you grab my hand, just put it behind my back. and uh, That's old school Jeff. I always remember that old school Jeff. Yes, my favorite is Sao Paulo Pass. <laughs> just one hand behind the back. Yeah, very interesting bra work. Uh, it's a... Uh, School really doesn't don't prepare you for this. You go to school, you study, then you come out of work. Then you suddenly discover that work is so crushing. Really is so crushing. I'm, I'm not saying that school is bad, but yeah, everybody goes through that stage where they struggle with work. And and I, I struggle with it for many, many years. Like only like recently I, I, I find I don't I don't think I can say that I figure it out, but I think I've managed to finally find the balance. So yeah. How did you find the balance? And, and actually, you know, we've never talked about this. What do you do, Ron? Oh, now, now I work for a, a Swiss watch company. Uh, actually, it's a technical role. So I assist the, the watchmaker uh, in their day-to-day activities. So the watchmaker re- repair the, what they call the movement, which is the internal mechanics. And uh, I deal with all the external parts, so like the crystal, the pusher, the tube, the guard. I, I take it out uh, uh, and I put it back again, the external part, making sure that the, that the water resistance is uh, in, in, in check. Yeah. So just really a technical role, but, but I've done a lot of stuff. I, 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 uh, I used to be doing ops for gym. Yes. Yeah, then uh, I, did, I tried out sales for a while. I, I, I started out uh, working. Okay, before sales, I worked as business development for a club and before that was uh, working... Man- managing the door for a club. Yeah, like the door door exec, like dealing with guest relations. And before that, I, I tried out a very short time at Sony marketing. I didn't really work out. So, so I actually tried a lot of things in my life. Uh, every time, I, I okay, there are certain jobs that I, I think I enjoyed more like working in a club, uh, but that's quite obvious. La. <laughs> I, I, can, I don't need to tell you why. It, it's very fun, but after all, it becomes very taxing. Uh, working in a gym was very fun also, but the other jobs, I won't say it's bad. Uh, it's a bit soul-crushing, but I couldn't, couldn't put my finger down, down on, on, on what I really wanted to do. That's why I moved through so many industries. So, now that you're, I guess, I'm not sure the right word is a watch technician, um, would you consider becoming like a horologist or something in that same field? Uh, I think this question has been asked a few times. Uh, uh, the term wash technician, I think is pretty much accurate. Uh, my official term is uh, case operator, but it's, it's a technical role. Uh, no difference for me. Uh, to be a horologist, at the moment, no, I don't think I will embark on becoming a, a, a watchmaker or horologist. I think the, the time spent on training is something which I don't feel I can commit right now, especially I got a family. Basically, it's like going back, it is going back to school again, learning a new skill. Uh, so I don't think financially I could afford to, to take time off to, to go back to school again. But I, I mean, that's quite amazing, Ron. I mean, you know, changing all these different roles and industries. I mean, each time that you feel that you're reinventing yourself, and, and I'll tell you after you answer why I'm asking that. Hmm. Uh, I mean, this, this, this term reinventing yourself, I think is, uh, okay, I, I always feel there's always, it's two sides of the same coin. Uh, you, you can see it as reinventing yourself, but for me, it's because I, I really didn't know what to do. <laughs> so I know that I couldn't give up. So when, when, you, when you stop, it means you give up and nothing will move forward. So, you just have to keep 
keep uh keep pushing and keep moving forward and hope that you 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 find that one thing that you can do basically. But along the way, uh, along the way, I I as I say, I I I won't say I managed to to find the balance, but I I think I finally kind of understand how how to approach this whole whole work thing really. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's, that's quite amazing. I mean, that's quite inspirational. Right? I mean, as someone who's been with the same company for twenty five years, um. Of course, I, I've changed roles over the years, um, and, and that's why I made that change and switch over earlier this year. Um, even though it's in the same company, uh, it was quite quite a left field change uh, that people didn't expect. Um, so I spent a lot of time starting during the circuit breaker, I guess, rebuilding or relearning a lot of new things um, about different industry, uh, slightly different set of skill sets. Um, even though it's in the same company. So I, I think that's why I'm asking you the question. Right, right. Yeah, I could, I, I understand because my, my wife also has been with her firm, I think 10-ish years really. Like ever since she graduated, she's, she went into this bank and she's, she's been there ever since. It's scary. Every time you change something new, it's scary. But, but okay, I, I will share with you why I say I, I managed to find a balance because... Uh, in the end, I've learned that everybody doesn't know what's going on. Nobody has an idea what's going on. You just basically go in. If, if your luck, fate, whatever you believe in, uh, got the first job that you, you know you want to do or, or something that you like, and that's the first one you hit, then, then good for you then. Then you, you manage to, to find stability and balance there. But then, if like me, I didn't know what I wanted to do, it has been a very big question mark ever since for the longest time. So I decided to, to see what where life takes me. Uh, every time I, I face a difficulty, then maybe I'll like find an excuse or, or look for other opportunities and keep moving. Uh. So like now, I, I, I will say that I discovered that work is so crushing and everything sucks. Uh. Really, everything sucks. Uh. There's, no, there's no joy in life sometimes. But, you cannot expect the environment to change for you. Mm. And, and if, if you feel that life always sucks, then maybe you need to change your mindset and change yourself for the environment. Yeah. Uh, in, in the past, I, I, will share, I will share, I really struggle with the whole concept of work and uh, working in a cubicle. I think office and cubicle life, maybe something is not for me. But uh, I think you've been following me on my, my recent madness on... Uh, Yes. running and doing uh, <laughs> doing all those stuff so so I think I, I would say now I just told this to somebody last week I think now I'm ready to say that maybe I can actually work in an office I just need to will myself to do it previously I, I just didn't want it bad enough hmm. so now now my mindset has changed if, if I put my mind to it if, if I will myself hard enough I would I would find find my way again the question is uh, enjoyment and uh necessity like where enjoy it maybe not but I know that I nothing can hold me back if I put my mind to it like. I'm, I'm not saying that I, I can do everything but I know that if I try at least I can do something so that's the mindset switch ever since I started this whole uh, I always call it the, this silly stronghold fitness challenge <laughs> well it's uh, it's quite amazing uh, you know the fact that you've kept up with it and uh, I look forward to seeing your post every morning every day on the uh, you're showing up to the gym and uh, it, it spurs us on, right? To keep bettering ourselves and to keep up with a certain level of fitness. Um, if not to match yours, but at least to uh, be inspired to be like you. Yeah, that, that was, uh, I mean, 
that was the the reason why I, I wanted to to continue even when the circuit breaker actually we put it on hold during circuit breaker but I decided to continue is uh one I wanted to show look <laughs> big shout out look look at loser I'm gonna beat you <laughs> but but to show look that I could continue and also to to inspire I mean just to encourage people I've known of uh, two or three people that or oh, my friends actually hit me up and say they actually also started to to exercise a bit more and try to put in the hours uh. uh you really try lah. Sometimes, sometimes it's hard for me also. But really, you need to do difficult things in life. Uh, in the past, I didn't like to lah. But now, now I try to do, try my best to do it lah. Even now, you, you see, I started, I started posting running again. Um, I I took a break for a while and uh, like now I I going I'm going for my run again because I'm working shift. So it's either seven thirty to one thirty or two to eight. So like this week is two to eight. So I try to put in my run before lunch and before work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm not very sane. I would say I will, <laughs> whatever I people who know me, whatever I do, I will I'm I'm willing to put my myself in harm's way just to get the things done. <laughs> so like in the past when I was drinking, so I would I like drink to no end. So now I'm if I'm working out, maybe sometimes I work out to just a bit too much. I would say. I think you're just driven uh, to everything that you set your mind to. Maybe that's a better way of looking at it. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that, that would be a fair way to say. But it came, I, I hope it's not too late. Uh, I, I would say that I, I wasted and squandered a lot of my youth away. Uh, you know the saying that youth goes to those who don't cherish it or yeah, you really waste, you, after looking back in context, you really wasted your youth away. Not everybody, but I will say for myself. Yeah, so so it's it's a challenge, lah. But how how about you? How how do you see yourself uh, constantly challenging yourself? I mean, I think yeah, showing up to the gym as much as I can every day. Um, it's just, it's one big thing for me. Um, I have a routine. I I I try to train a new fit every day if I can. Um, one of the things that I've wanted to do for the longest time, which I finally started doing last year, January, was uh, to find a personal trainer. Um, so I, I did. And uh, I've been seeing my personal trainer three times a week. Um, so, you know, sometimes I'll see the trainer in the morning and then still show up at noon in the evening. Um, uh, as you may know from one of my social media accounts, um, I have a niece. Uh, she's uh, in primary school now. Um, so when she was younger, she wanted to rollerblade. Uh, so she was walking along East Coast Park and she saw, saw these kids rollerblading and she really wanted to go, right? So, so I accompanied her to the class and I signed up to the class. Um, she's given up, uh, but I'm still there. I'm probably the only adult in the class um, today. I think the, the kids on average are about 10 years old. Uh, and then there's this uncle who's learning together with them. So if that's not a challenge showing up you know, at 9.45 every Saturday, Sunday morning, um, I'm not sure what it is. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, I'm, you, I'm surprised you let her quit. I never give her, give her like, hey, we're supposed to do this together. <laughs> well, so, so what I managed to do was uh, sneakily, you know, as she was growing up, uh, show her, like I, I wouldn't let her do very much on my phone, right? Um, maybe one or two games and uh, one or two cartoons, right? But, I started showing her like, you know, how kids were learning jujitsu and all that. So, so she's now um, learning uh, in the gym, uh, in the kids class. She started last year. Um, so, you know, I'm going to see how long that's going to go on for. 
for now, she seems to be enjoying it. That's good. Yeah, that's good. I, I see you're also building Legos with her. Huh? You, you have this small project that you do. Yes. Yes. Um, so we started that when she was, I don't know, three or four? Whenever it was when Frozen came out and she was old enough to recognize Frozen. Um, and, you know, when I got her that set, um, she, she wouldn't do it on her own. Like, you had to sit next to her and she could forward instructions, but she wanted someone to double check her work to make sure that she, you know, spatial awareness, right? How do you turn the things around? Um, obviously, fast forward a few years now, she's, she's much more capable, like she goes through it very quickly, but she wants this uncle to be there to uh, sort out all the pieces for her and to feed the right pieces for her as she goes through page by page um, through the instruction books. Um, she, we, my brother and I tell her a lot of uh, stories around the Star Wars saga, so she knows about the characters, the, the different structures and all that, so she knows the names, um, when she could go to the library, pre-COVID, obviously, um, she, would, she would see the books that we read and the comics we borrow. Uh, she told me, tell her the stories about it. She may not read them. So she's well aware of the, uh, the whole story, line and lineage of Star Wars. Right. Has she, has she seen all nine, nine episodes? Actually, there's more than nine. There's, I think, like 19 or 12. 12? 12, 12, <laughs> no, no, she hasn't. Um, she probably finds it a little bit too scary at the moment. Um, but, you know, I think she, she knows enough. Yeah, the 12. Uh, how will you start Star Wars? Will you start with 1, 2, 3, or 4, 5, 6 first? I think uh, my favorite is always 4, 5, 6. Uh, old school fan, yes. Yeah. I, do enjoy, I do enjoy Star Wars a lot. I think, although it's now in, in they, they made the film in running order, but starting on 1, 2, 3 doesn't give you the full context. You need to start with... Uh, I, I think it's really meant to be watched at 4, 5, 6, 1, 2, 3, then uh, 7, 8, 9. In that order. Have, have you seen all of them already? I have. I have. Which which one of the new one do you like? I can't say I like any of them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what I like. Uh Rogue, Rogue One. Okay. Okay, no, that's not bad. Rogue One is not bad. I, I haven't seen solo. Uh I, I've seen seven, eight, nine, four, five, six, yeah, seven, eight, nine, but seven, eight, nine because just had to watch and finish the series. Uh, but but I agree with you. I think Solo was well done. I, I, I did quite enjoy that. Oh, I, I haven't seen it yet. I, I like Rook 1. Okay. Maybe I'll get a chance to watch Solo. But yeah, 789 was a bit painful, I should say. How it was. I don't know. When I, when I watched 9, I was, yeah, was going to give up. <laughs> Just very draggy, uh, the story is. It's, uh, I like to use this term often when my wife gets six when I use it. It's like, I always say, it's like, oh, it's a 30 minute plot fit in a one hour movie. <laughs> if you made it a sitcom, it could be finished 30 minutes only. Yeah, very fitting. And it, it didn't, it, it, it makes the it makes the villain too easy to conquer. So they never really, really achieve anything. Like, yeah, just a, I don't know, like, just a, the, what they call Deus Ex Machina like for yeah. the ending so some higher power actually helped her and give ah spoiler alert if you haven't seen it uh, if, you, if you haven't seen it don't watch it but <laughs> for a lot of people <laughs> that was a while but nobody cares la. so you got help from the greater power the one force like, oh okay <laughs> well I think I mean you know when you look back at it well I guess before I went to watch the, the movie I, I read a number of articles and maybe there was not a good thing to do because a number of the articles pointed out loopholes. So I really knew about the loopholes when I went to watch it. So I was looking out for the loopholes 
gaps in the storyline when I was watching it. So. Do, do you like movies a lot? Because uh, I really love movies. I want to talk about some stuff in movies. Oh, I love movies. Um, the next one I'm waiting for is uh, the New Mutants. New what? Sorry. New Mutants. Oh, New Mutants. Okay. Yeah, interesting. I don't know. I tend to watch a lot of old movies. I, I tell you why. I, I like older movies because uh, maybe now I appreciate because they, they build up, they take time to build up the story before it gets to the, the part. And uh, also with, I feel that with newer movies like those that are showing now, you really can't even watch the trailer. You know? I, I struggled watching the trailer because the trailer will throw like all the good parts out and basically that's like the whole movie already. By the time you watch the movie, you don't see anything left already. That is quite true for a number of movies. Yeah, some of my favorite movies, like uh, have I'm, I mean, Kel, Kel and I really love. We always talk about this movie all the time. But we like Scarface. <laughs> have you seen Scarface? I'm sure, no, I have not. <laughs> I know Scarface, uh, Casino, Goodfellas, or some old gangster movie. Yeah, but New Mutants, uh, I don't think there's any movie I'm looking out for. Maybe the next Avatar. Then <laughs> people still still want to watch Avatar. <laughs> That's a long time ago. <laughs> no, they're, they're making a number two. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, uh, do, do you watch it on Netflix during the uh, circuit breaking period? I did, and I'm still watching a lot. <laughs> uh, dramas or movies? Uh, not that many movies. Um, mostly series. Um, so like I finished The Umbrella Academy last week. Um, I finished um, season two of The Monkey King. Um, I just started uh, Lucifer season five, um, and I was watching this English dub German series called Biohackers. I just finished it. Actually, I finished it in one night. Um, and uh, that's one that just I just started this week as well, which is uh, Teenage Bounty Hunters. So they're fairly light-hearted stuff, um, or they are quite sort of. Um, suspense, drama, thriller, um, kind of sci-fi genre. I guess that's usually my, my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, Netflix. The last time I watched, my wife got me to watch a Korean drama. <laughs> not okay, not too bad. Not so painful. I think I enjoy it. Well, you're going to find something to fill the time until Rick and Morty come back again. <laughs> that's going to be a while, isn't it? I don't think so. I think they, they are in, in the midst of preparing the next season. This the, the gap this time do you watch Rick and Morty? No. <laughs> I do not. The the gap this time won't be so big. La. Well well, okay. Uh, I shouldn't hold you back anymore. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I'll maybe uh let's 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 do this again when Circuit Breaker is over and back to back to your office and let's catch catch up with you and see how you're coping with your new role in the office. Uh that'll be interesting to talk again. Sounds good. Yeah, thank thank you. you inviting me on it's been a real honor welcome man it's the honor's mine for you to come on mr international bjj black bell <laughs> is, is there any any anybody you want to shout out to anything uh you want to share your instagram uh, hashtag gp travels yeah well i think um i guess my my continued inspiration at the gym are the uh, the bunch of old men that train together um you know uh, small parents big parents john uh masa dr go um you know the guys around our age group um, for keeping each other inspired to keep training. Okay, that's good, man. Okay, uh, thank you for coming on, Jeff. Thanks again. Uh, and uh, to our viewers and listeners, we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye, buddy. Bye. Awesome.
Thank you. Good night. Good night.